Daytona's always been huge. So huge, in fact, that it can't be confined to one weekend. No, no, it deserves a whole week. A speed week. With five days of NASCAR-level racing. History in the making and entertainment that's the envy of the nation. Daytona Speed Weeks, presented by Advent Health. February 16th through the 20th. Get your tickets today at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right hey it's thursday night and uh one more time we're gonna get rowdy here i got kyle magnum all the way over there in pa kyle how's it going tonight well, Rowdy, it looks like it's going to snow again. It just snowed here yesterday, and it looks like it's going to snow again Saturday. And it looks like some races have already been postponed because of it. So uh, winter weather is still here to stay, Rowdy. Uh, and it is, Kyle. We're supposed to – I'm headed down to the Rattler this weekend. The weather don't – the weather is going to be cold and brisk on Saturday. And I think high 59, it's going to make those cars go fast. Uh, we got Augie Grill calling in tonight, guys. It, it's I think around 6:10 Eastern time. Augie won the uh, Modified Mayhem down at Montgomery Motor Speedway. Kyle, also from the Rattler, getting us ready for the the Rattler 250 down in uh, off Alabama at the South Alabama Motor Speedway. We got Ryan McCullough calling in, and Ryan's gonna tell us about the events, Kyle, that he's got going on this weekend. Hey, one more time, we're going back to these super late model and late, pro late model races, Kyle. And a lot of fun there. Got Ty Majeski all the way from Wisconsin coming down. And we know he knows how to win there because I've seen the rattlesnake wrapped around him before. Yeah, I don't want no rattlesnake around, wrapped around him right now for Audi. <laughs> well, I got one, Kyle. I got a picture. He's holding it. He don't. He just kind of puts it close, uh, close around you. He don't put it on you, but it took me a little while to work my courage up, but I did get my picture took with a rattlesnake, Kyle. That's great, Rowdy. I still hate snakes. It doesn't change my opinion. So, uh, Kyle, uh, the Archimonoid series heads out to Phoenix. Uh, you know, a little tragic news with, David Wright, DGR's uh, car hauler, truck hauler, was in a fatal accident, Kyle, going out there. I hate to even, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing. But, Kyle, we travel a lot of miles, and you just never know what lies down the, that next turn. Basically, any time you go on the road, you take a chance, you know, and getting into an accident or something happening. I mean, the chances aren't always likely, but accidents do happen. So, yeah, very tragic news for the ARCA community. You know, we just lost Earl Bonner a few weeks ago, and now, uh, you know, we lose another another person of the ARCA family. And, you know, and, and Taylor Gray is going to have, you know, it, it has to be considered one of the favorites for this race. You know, he's really fast there in the fall and uh, fast there last uh, spring. And, 
you know, I think he's probably the favorite. He's one of the early favorites. Him and Sammy Smith, the same two guys at New Smyrna. I think it's going to be those guys again. You know, 40 cars entered and uh, just a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of people going to be there, Rowdy. Yeah, Kyle, it's it's a long haul, but hey, it it makes for a good race. Uh, you know, the next race, next big race will be at Talladega, but you got the following week, next weekend, you got Pensacola's got the East race. So the ARCA East will be in Pensacola. You know, Kyle, probably, that's probably be the race I'll pick up to go down and watch the ARCA, race, ARCA East. Well, that's a good choice, you know. Um, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get into Atlanta, but uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll take our talents to Pensacola and we'll do that, right, Rowdy? That's right. Either that, I've got two choices: that or uh, ta- that's the same weekend of uh, the short track at Talladega. But I thought Tom or uh, Tim Bright and I already been talking about Pensacola this past weekend, and I'll see Tim again this weekend with a rattler going on guys yeah Rowdy you got some busy races coming up uh, I don't know what the status of Williams Grove is yet for Sunday but I can already tell you uh, Port Royal already cancelled on Saturday because it's supposed to snow Rowdy because uh, nothing new there it's still March it's still winter time and we're going to get a nice old snowstorm it looks like Saturday well Kyle, we're uh, what? We're on the tenth of March, so we're marching out of winter. Now, of course, winter kind of hangs around a little longer for y'all than it does for us. But with that being said, uh, in '93 here, Kyle, we had a snowstorm and a half. It just devastated <laughs> the state of Alabama. Shut everything down. People froze on the interstate. The interstate shut down, and they were stopped right where they sat and tried to survive three days. I think it took them actually three days to finally get everybody rescued and out of there. Humvees. Yeah, Rowdy, the blizzard of 93 wasn't very kind, so. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't, Kyle. So, Kyle, we had, well, we'll talk about it with uh, Ryan calls in, but Ty Majeski, one more time, wants to come down to uh, Op Alabama and try a skill. I guess he's going to bring that new new car with him this time. Yeah, it seems like that, Rowdy, and, uh, yeah, it looks like, um, you know, that's what's going to happen. Track over Talladega short track, and Red's already said he was going to be racing in it. So uh, it's it's kind of tough which way you're going to be. Uh, hadn't really looked at the schedule at Pensacola because I know the dirt track's going to probably, if, if weather permitting, is going to be racing on Sunday. So if it might be one of those, if it's over on Saturday night, I can try to get back to Talladega before. Sunday. That would be a push. Yeah, Rowdy, it seems like, uh, you know, when you were saying, um, 
you know, I'm glad the weather's cooperating for you. I just hope you can give us some of this good weather and we can get there when we get back to the racetrack. Cause I'm, in, I'm getting pretty antsy, Rowdy. I'm ready to get back to the racetrack. Uh, uh, I think this is going to be my ninth race this year. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed. No, tenth. This is going to be my tenth event. And we're just in the first of March. I did yeah, about like 21 or you kind of get a break. Sometimes you don't. Either it, it, it snows like six, it's 75 degrees. That's how March is here in Pennsylvania. I, I'll loan this to Pat Kyle. Let me see if we got a first caller. Everybody, who do we have our first call? Do we have Augie on? I'm not sure there, Kyle. Uh, anyway, Kyle, uh, headed over with the Phoenix with the Arkham Menard series. Who's your favorite? Yeah, what what about it, Rowdy? We got a uh, forty cars under for that Arca race coming up. You see that? I did. Yes, I did. That was my next question. Did you see the the field lineup? All right, Kyle, I'd like to welcome the winner of the uh, Modified Mayhem down in Montgomery at the uh, Montgomery Motor Speedway, Augie Grill. Welcome to the show, Augie. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, Augie, I tell you, Montgomery Mobile has throwed me off <laughs> for calling out both those racetracks, but Augie, Man, uh, what a race there. You, you, you showed the guys what it was all about in uh, Montgomery. Walk us through that the last lap there, Augie. I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of cars during the race that had leaked some oil, and <clears throat> I guess about 25 laps into it, somebody dropped oil all the way around the track. And, of course, I hit it on one end and think, oh, man, I've run too hard and <laughs> the rear tires are giving up on me already. And, then I hit the corner on the other end, and the front end takes off. So knew something was going on. But anyway, later on in the race, there was five, six to go. Thing got bit bad loose again. But I just assumed that you know tires had given up. But uh, lo and behold, after the race, I did find out that there was another car leaking oil there toward the end. And I think everybody was kind of dealing with the same thing. But uh, now just a just a cool race. Uh, was able to get the pole. I don't get many poles in the modified mayhem series for whatever reason but uh was able to get the pole and start seventh and and work my way to the front and laid lead the better part of the race and and come home with the trophy in the in the uh in the bear i tell you you went after the bear, went for a bear hunt and come home with one Augie, how many of those have you got at your house uh 
kind of spread off, uh, spread out. Uh, I think that's the fourth bear trophy I've gotten over the years. Uh, uh, my dad had one at one time, but it's back here at the shop. Uh, then Rick Polero that helps us with RM installation, uh, he's got one at his house. I believe John Howe's got one at his shop with BMF, and then uh, we actually, the car we ran the other night belongs to uh, uh, Red Knowles, which is Zach Knowles' dad that ran Modifieds a couple years ago, uh, but he's just letting us use it and uh, going to give it to John Howe's daughter, Riley, uh, at the end of the year, so uh, he's got the one from this past weekend, so you know, it's uh, kind of spread out all over the southeast, really. It's a really unique trophy i mean when i seen that i'm like you know they get it and, and it's like stan said he's had people want another one he goes you can't only way you can get another one is do this like you i'll give win one it what haven't you won five uh alabama 200s Augie? yeah i have uh one four in a row uh i think oh nine through 13 or 12 or whatever however that math adds up and uh and then i won the one uh two years ago and probably over the years, I've had four or five other ones. One and just there with late caution would get me, or uh, flat tire would get me, or just whatever. But uh, yeah, it's been a good, good racetrack and good race for me over the years. Are you what? What's your plans for this year? I don't really have plans as far as uh, driving. I mean, I'd I'd like to race a little more, but uh, been busy enough here at the shop. It's it's hard to sidestep work here in the shop and work on my own stuff to go race uh when i know when i leave the shop i'm gonna have to i'll, I'll be spending money win lose or draw so it's kind of nice to be able to work on customer stuff and and get them out the door and get more in here and get them out the door so uh that's kind of my my plan now is to uh just keep on keeping on here at the shop and race with uh i'm actually racing with justin south a little bit this year and uh and actually with bobby roos and roger Roose a little bit with chase spradlin so uh Kind of spread thin right now, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's the name of the game, I guess. Just work as hard as you can and, and try to make it. Hi, Augie. This is Kyle here. Uh, my first question is I, I just wanted to ask you, you just mentioned, you know, Roger Roos. I mean, is, is this like a – is it like a road course kind of deal when you say that, or is it, is it more of a short track thing? No, it's uh, more of a short track thing. Uh, they actually – I did build them a road course car uh, toward the end of last year, and supposed to build them another one when i get time but uh that's that's just something they want to play with on the side but no their their main deal is uh chase bradlin running their pro car at montgomery and pensacola this year and uh uh then they're gonna bobby's gonna run a uh, sportsman car at montgomery and roger's son ryan is gonna run a sportsman car at montgomery this year so kind of uh flip-flopping between here and their shop trying to get things done so we can get the year started for them What's it like working with them? You know, um, you know, you see them, you see them run NASCAR sometimes. You see them run the road course races. But what's it been like? You know, how how do they do on the ovals? I mean, you know, coming from a road course background and running on the short track. Uh, they do pretty good. Uh, they're like a lot of people. They they got seems to seem to have a lot, plenty of money, so uh, they can kind of do what they want to do when they want to do it, and uh, got pretty good people around them. And uh, you know, they're just like anybody else. They just love racing and just want to go to the next one. 
Algy, my last question for you is um, I, I don't really know a lot about your history, but have you won the Rattler before, and do you like rattlesnakes by any chance? Uh, yeah, I've actually won it twice uh, in 07 and 09, and no, I do not like I, I don't like snakes of any kind. <laughs> I, I understand that completely, Algy. Augie, uh, when you was in victory lane, you feel like you had your guardian angel looking over at you, looking down at you? Yeah. Yep, uh, I feel like my, my parents are probably in heaven looking down, watching me race every time I get to race. So uh, that's that's definitely definitely something I, I think about a lot. Uh, I lost both of them here in the last couple of years, and uh, that's been hard. But I know they're looking out for me and uh, trying to keep me safe. Okay, let's talk about the people that kind of helped you get there to the track. All right, yeah, here at the shop, uh, actually Doug Reed helps me here at the shop at, at Grand American Race Cars. We, uh, you know, build and maintain race cars and try to race a little bit when we can. And uh, Roger and Bobby Roos with uh, their different, they've got like five different companies. I don't even know which one <laughs> which one to name out. But uh, uh, Rick Palera with R&M Installation, he's, he's been a big, big, big help with the Modified over the years. And uh, then uh, but John Howell with BMF. Uh, chassis. Uh, he, he builds the modifies I drive, and uh, I think if you're going to run a modified, that's the one you have to have. And where can they follow you at? I'll keep up with you. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I got a I got a Facebook page for Grand American Race Cars. Uh, I don't really keep up with my with my page much. Uh, I I pretty much just look over stuff and and see what's going on. But uh, I got a new phone a while back and. I didn't put all the social media stuff back on this new one, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of out in the dark here. But uh, I just uh, you know just follow me the the old fashioned way. Just go to the racetrack and see if you find me. Hey, Augie. I mean, what this last thing? Looking back, what we've been through to the past two years, and looking at the opener at Montgomery, we look like we're in pretty good shape this year, do we not? We do, but uh, it's still the future's kind of bleak with uh, with what's going on overseas and what's going on with our government right now. I'm 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 hoping that things can just keep keep on clicking like they are. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's probably the best crowd I've I've ever seen at Montgomery, and I've been going there a long time. And uh, great car count, you know. I think there were 75 cars altogether in the pits, and I mean the pits you couldn't hardly move. So things are going in the right direction, I believe. If if you know, gas doesn't wind up going to eight dollars a gallon, and everybody having to stay at home. I, I just, I hope that doesn't happen. But uh, as far as racing goes, I, I believe we're we're headed in the right direction. Augie, thanks a lot for being part of the Rowdy Maglite Show, and looking forward to seeing you again. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, Augie. Thank you. Bye bye. Kyle, Kyle, the winner at down in Montgomery Motor Speedway. Augie Grill brings it home in the modifieds. You like them modifieds, Kyle? No, our next caller is going to be from the Rattler, Kyle. I found out from early from Augie that he did not like rattlesnakes, and I can understand that completely. They're not the most tamed animal on earth. Kyle? is in transit from his house, from work to his house. So, Rowdy, I'm home. Thank goodness. All right, Kyle. Uh, 
So, um, Augie yeah, like, Augie, Augie was really like good. Yeah, he didn't like the rattlesnake, man. Yeah, I was curious about that. I mean, when we mentioned uh, Roger and Bobby Roos, um, that caught my attention, you know, because, you know, they've run a NASCAR a few times and, you know, they've they've had the truck deal with Jordan Anderson and, you know, when he mentioned that, I don't know, just something something popped in my head, like a light bulb popped in my head, and um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, well, I, I noticed you caught you picked up on that quick, Kyle. That that was good. Augie's one of those guys that's been long overdue. We were scheduled to have him about a year ago. I think a year ago this time, Kyle, and something come up. You know, he he owns that uh, company, and uh, he's trying to get cars all together to get out there. So, Kyle, we're, we're going to be – I got Ryan McCuller calling in next at, at 6, 7.30 your time. Seems like it's going to be a good one, Rowdy. I hope so. We have him on the line. Uh, hold on just a second, Colin. No, not just yet. No. We're both over. Well, you just got home, and I'm at a ballpark doing this, so I'm just bear with us. Or losers out of, uh, what would she take out of Vegas? Rowdy, uh, I think first and foremost, I think the guy, the biggest guy who made the most noise at Las Vegas was Kyle Busch. Um, I think, you know, with what he said about Bowman, and, you know, I, I know I know the air is all cleared with that, but, uh, you know, that was kind of, that kind of took the storylines. And I think Ross Chastain yeah. leading 85 laps was another one. Um did really good, you know, really, you know, he won an, or an Xfinity race there, I almost said nationwide, Xfinity Series race there, and, uh, you know, with Chip Ganassi racing, and um, he's been good. So, uh, you know, not it shouldn't be a surprise there, but, um, yeah, Rowdy. Uh, a lot of, you know, I, I heard, we, we, we heard, you know, in the kind of in Jeff Gordon's press conference, you know, when, when you played it Monday night, was, uh, you know, the guy, kind of the mid-pack guys, you know, kind of racing now up front. You know, kind of some different players now. So um, it's good that that's happening. It's kind of I like to see parity. Um, even though Kyle Larson's basically been the Vegas favorite every week, it doesn't mean he's going to win every week. But uh, you know, especially you know with his new car and um, having some new players. Um, you know, seeing Ross Chastain run up there, we've seen Suarez run up there, Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick. You know, guys who we usually see maybe get a top ten. You know, going up there and competing for wins. So. Um, they've been very strong lately, and, uh, you know, Phoenix coming up, uh, I think we're going to see the usual suspects up front. Well, uh, Kyle, uh, you know, that new cars, we should learn, really have a really good grasp of this car by Phoenix, into Phoenix, don't you think so? I mean, I would say everything's got to be, you got to know what you got by Phoenix. Yeah, I think you're right, Rowdy. I think Vegas was the first real test for the car, and 
you know, because we're going to see a lot of mile and a half. And, and Rowdy, I, before we have our guest on, there's something I do want to ask you is uh, I saw an article today um, about the double yellow line rule coming to Atlanta. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, it doesn't surprise me, Kyle, because I took the guys that are used to running that low line, is, and that line's completely gone. And from what I've seen, when you get down, it's going to be when you get down below that yellow line and get come back up on off that apron. It's going to be pretty tough. I've I've, I've been there for testing uh, three cars. That's not a pack, so you really couldn't get a good grasp of what what to expect, Kyle. But I, I, it doesn't surprise me. I think there's still a lot we got to learn about this car. I just want to say it's nice to have, and I, I know I've said this, it's nice to have practice and qualifying back. Uh, I'm glad that's back for everybody. You know, we're actually, I think it does make for a good race. And, uh, you know, um, you got to, you know, you have to try and be fast all the time. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've had some different players. You know, Hendricks taken two of the first three. You know, with, with the exception of Daytona 500, you know, that's always a crapshoot, but... Um, yeah, it's been interesting so far, you know, with the clash and, you know, it looks like a uh, team Penske, you know, and, and team Hendrick have won already in the, in the new car. And also, you know, Brad, or excuse me, Ross family Kozlowski racing in the dual races. So, um, kind of had some parity so far, which is nice. Kind of see some different faces up front and, uh, yeah, you know, I know we're all talking about Kyle Larson repeating possibly, but we don't really know yet. You know, it's only three races in with his car. So. Um, Phoenix, like we've talked, I think it's going to be a real telltale sign for the championship race, um, trying some things out and seeing, you know, what's going to work in November. I think that that's pretty crucial to the, uh, to the championship finale. Yeah, Kyle, uh, I think Larson's going to be able to lay up on that wall and drift around there <laughs> like he likes to run the high line. And that, that, I think that track in Homestead suits him for that. Operation. Yeah, I think Homestead's a good uh good for Larson. I think it's good for the dirt guys, but uh I think, you know, now with it being a playoff race again, I think it, there's just the implications are gonna be so high there. That you're gonna have to run the high line and that is the fastest way around the track. You know, we've seen Tyler Reddick run the high line during that entire nation or that Xfinity race in twenty eighteen in Homestead and they won the title, so you know, you're going to have to see some brave drivers go up there and, and try and lift the wall and, and get more speed. Well, just like I said, when before this all took place, Kyle Bush was in the uh, deadline room, and they talked to him, and he says, and what, what you're going to do is you're going to take the bottom line out, and we're not going to have nowhere to pass. But... You know, what what they change that to uh, 34 degrees, Kyle? I believe is what that is now. It's supposed to be the most aggressive banking in an intermediate track. If you're trying to look for something different, that, I guess that's it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what's going to happen. Uh, Kyle, let me remind my guest here. Because he said they're kind of double check on him, getting close to the eye. Yeah. 
Well, it's not it's not going to be rainy. It's just going to be a little cold, but like I said, that's going to make for fast cars. And Ty, Ty knows what, what cold weather is all about. Show there, Kyle. Should be a good one on Saturday, Rowdy. And that's going to be on uh, Race America also, pay-per-view. That, and that's a good deal. They do a great job. Do a great job. I got to talk to Matt Weaver a few minutes. All right. Hey, I'm going to bring a guest in there, Kyle. All right. I'd like to welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Ryan McCullough. Welcome, Ryan. Oh, uh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you. Man, Ryan, you're getting us ready for the Rattler 250. Let's talk about some of the drivers. Ty Majeski throwed his name in the hat there. He did. Uh, Ty is, you know, our only four-time winner uh, of this event. He won it for the four-time last year, breaking a tie with the legendary Ronnie Sanders. And Ty's back this year to try to make it uh, five times uh, in a row, or not in a row, but five in the last seven years. Uh, You know, some of our local heroes, we like to say, the guys we see year in and year out, uh, Bubba Pollard and Stephen Nasty and uh, and those guys, uh, all the uh, Southern Super Series regulars are here. And we even picked up uh, a late entry, uh, Chandler Smith, uh, the most recent winner in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, is here with his Donnie Wilson car. So, strong field of super late models getting ready to go on Sunday. I'm telling you, uh, got JoJo Wilkerson racing there. They're awesome. Yeah, JoJo is uh, in her second race this weekend in a uh, very fast uh, Jet Motorsports car. Uh, she she uh, raced last week at Montgomery Motor Speedway in the Alabama 200 and uh, won her last chance race. Didn't qualify very well, but won her last chance race and ran well during the feature. So she's uh, she's making that second start with that Kurt Jet team out of out of Florida, and I think uh, she might be able to impress some uh, some folks this weekend. I'm telling you, uh, it's it's a each year I enjoy going down to the Rattler, but it, it's it's. Always amazing when that guy brings out the Rattlers in victory lane and whether the driver will go with it or not. Chase Elliott, he wouldn't go with the Rattler, would he? I don't think he wanted to round him. Right. Yeah, but, uh, but Chase didn't like it, but our biggest memory of it a few years ago, the picture's all over uh, social media, uh, is when uh, cup driver, uh, current cup driver um, Christopher Bell won his uh, Rattler a few years back, and they brought the snake in victory lane, and he is absolutely terrified. You can find that picture on Twitter or somewhere like that. I think Racing America uh, may have put that out a couple of days ago, but uh, that picture is hilarious. And Kim Burton, Harrison Burton's mother, was in victory lane uh, when Harrison won, and the uh, snake handler had control of the snake, but the tail of the snake kind of flipped up or, or, or something like that and, and, and touched Kim on the arm or something like that, and uh, she she was faster than any football player I've ever seen as she took off out of Victory Lane to get away from that snake. Hey, you got Kyle here. Um, my first question for you is, who do you think is the early favorite this weekend for the race? Well, it's, it's hard to go against Majeski. I mean, he's won five of the or four of the last seven of these races, or four of the last six of these races, um, and he was he was quick in practice today. We had an open practice. 
for all of our late model teams for a few hours today, but also a car I was highly impressed with uh, is the uh, 14 of Carson Hosevar. He was near the top of the board all week. I'm sorry, all day. And uh, you never can count out when you come to South Alabama Speedway. You never count out Bubba Power. He's, a, he's probably won 15 races at this racetrack throughout his career. So if I was a betting man, I think Majeski, Hosovar, and Pollard might be uh, the best uh, best to pick this week. My second question for you is, um, you know, how did you see the race in Montgomery last weekend, and what were your thoughts of it? I was at the race in Montgomery last week. I, I did a little pit road work for uh, Stan Anderson up there, and I thought the Alabama 200. That entire event from start to finish uh, was amazing for what Stan Harrison was able to do uh, up there. Uh, and I think the, the race itself was awesome. I mean, amazing tire strategy uh, from the Ronnie Sanders guys to, to come get those tires late and charge back through the field with John Boland right behind them. And, you know, anytime you pass Stephen Nasty, it's an accomplishment because he's one of the best race car drivers in, in the short track uh, ranks, in, you know, in America. But especially coming to two to go or something like that, we know when he's up on the wheel, Hunter Robbins put on a, a, a great drive, and he was one of the best late race finishes that I've seen in a long, long time. You mentioned you did some pit road work. Can you explain a little bit what you mean by that? And uh, you know, what, how how was it last weekend? Like, what was what was your highlight of the weekend? Uh, my, my pit road work. I, I in addition to uh, my uh, announcing duties here at South Alabama Speedway. I also uh, do some work for Racing America. I do some pit road reporting and some uh, announcing for them. And so Stan Nairson and I have known each other for a long time, and he asked me to come up and kind of help out his uh, his announcer, Bill Roth, uh, up there to, pro- to provide some color and some interviews and stuff from pit road. So that's what I was doing uh, for them. We have a great working relationship uh, between here and Montgomery. You know, we're only separated by about an hour and a half or so. So I, anytime I can help stand the guys out at Montgomery, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. And uh, my favorite moment of the weekend, uh, or you know, it's hard to go against uh, focusing on that, that win for Hunter Robbins, but what I will always remember this is, is I grew up a Ronnie Sanders fan. When I was a young kid, my grandfather would, would take me to the racetrack uh, here and at Montgomery and, and uh, other places, and we would go. We were Ronnie Sanders fans. That's, that's what we wanted to see. And to see Ronnie back in victory lane after he's been, you know, five or six years uh, getting that big hug from, from Hunter Robbins and, and the rest of the group, that's a, that's a memory that will stick with me for a long time, seeing my childhood hero get to go to victory lane again. Well, uh, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about uh, your what the going on this, the what's going on this weekend with the Rattler. What, what starts okay. tomorrow? Yes, sir. We uh, we have a full card of lo- of local division racing uh, set to go at at uh, seven o'clock tomorrow. That'll be uh, our street stocks and our super stocks, along with our our road runners and coyote division. Our our road runners is kind of like what other places call pure stocks, and our road our coyotes are uh, four cylinder class. And we also have a couple of smaller classes uh, that are our mini cup cars, which are kind of like bandoleros uh, that people might be familiar with. They will also have a really neat division that's exclusive to us here at South Alabama Speedway called Cup Lights, and they are three-quarter scale stock cars, the old Gen uh, 5 Cup cars, three-quarter scales, and they are powered by snowmobile engines. And they, they put on a great little show. If you've ever been to our 
local shows here that you, you know all about them. But if you haven't, they are very nifty machines and, and are really, really quick around this place. Uh, then on Saturday, we kind of shift gears uh, and really focus on our late model program. Uh, the pro late models will take uh, center stage on Saturday at 2 o'clock with the uh, Grasshopper 125 presented by JR's Lawn Motor Shop and powered by U.S. Tank. Uh, they're going to go at 2 o'clock, and it, 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 that race has blossomed into one of the premier pro late model events in all the country, and the winner has an opportunity to walk away with almost $9,000 in winner's money, which is pretty intense for a, a pro late model race. Uh, they'll be joined on Saturday by our local division Roadrunners, um, and also um, Modifies will be a, will, will race on Saturday, and then Sunday it all goes down at two o'clock. The 46 Daniel Hardy's Rattler 250 will be a two o'clock green flag, and it kicks off the 2022 Southern Super Series. And we got a stacked field on the property this weekend for that race. And looking forward to it, Ryan. Find out more for tickets and keep up with the event. Okay, um, our friends over at Racing America will have you covered um, on uh, updates on social media and, and stuff like that. If you can't make it out to the racetrack, you can uh, jump on there and, and, and get their broadcast for a, a small fee. Now, we want you at the racetrack. Don't, don't ever think we don't want you at the racetrack. Um, but if you can't make it, if you're under the weather or, or something like that, those guys have you covered over at Racing America. Uh, you can stay up to date uh, with our information on our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter and also our website at SouthAlabamaSpeedway.com. Ryan, thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to being at the Rattler 250 this weekend, my friend. Oh, we're looking forward to having everybody that wants to come out to the racetrack and see uh, see some good old-fashioned South Alabama short track racing. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you all. All right. Ryan McCullough with Op Alabama, down at Op Alabama Kyle for the uh, Rattler 250 this weekend, the 13th, 14th, and 15th. So it sounded like Kyle, a really good interview, Rowdy. Uh, he loves the sport, man. To get around him and talk to him, you know, when I got to talk to him this past weekend, he, you know, he was looking forward to being part of the show, so. And, and, and the enthusiasm shows, don't it, Kyle? It sure does, Rowdy. So, Kyle, we were talking about uh, talking about Tyler Reddick. I got a little uh, interview of Tyler and Justin. I think we'll go with Justin first, Argyre. No worries. Can you hear me? I can Awesome. Well, give me one second to just get you spotlighted for everyone. And um, we will go right into questions for you. We'll start off with Bob Pachris. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Justin, uh, good morning. Uh, I'm curious if you look back at the finish from Vegas and how how you guys as teammates try to figure out who to work with, especially when there's multiple ones of you up there. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in the situation at the end of the race, you know, we were in a box. Um, you know, we restarted fourth on that last restart. And when Daniel chose the outside, I mean, really at that point, the only option was to take the bottom um, behind Ty. Um, you, know, you know, the options were either go to third or fall all the way back to sixth. And I felt like at that point, you know, um, you know, part of what has bothered me all week kind of about that statement is, 
um, uh, the, the, the statements and comments that a lot of the that I've seen on social media is that um, you know at one point we were the leader and and got put three wide and you know ended up being in the position that we were in um, kind of because of restarts and and how tricky they were. So for me at that point, um, you know as a, as the fastest lap of the race and the guy that loved the most laps, my only goal was to try to see if those guys could get racing each other and uh, try to put myself in a position to win. Obviously no um, ill intent to try to hurt Noah from winning the race. It was just the box we were kind of put in and still felt like we had a car that was capable of winning the race. So I'm not really sure what we could have done any different at that point. And from the kind of the outside looking in for those of us on the outside, we see Noah and Daniel work together. We kind of wonder, are they teammates? Are they not teammates since they both race together at college? And I'm curious, do you guys, have that any of those discussions internally? And is there any, like, I, I don't know whether somebody should have allegiances depending on the race or whatever, but do you have any of sort of those discussions? Well, I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you have four cars at our shop that, that are equally capable of winning races week in and week out. So it does become a fine balance, right? Um, you know, obviously we do what we can to help our teammates or at least try to throughout the course of the race. Um, you know, we, if you look at the restart right before that, um, we restarted on the outside behind Noah, was able to push Noah. And ultimately, if Daniel hadn't almost crashed um, and, and slid up in front of us, we would have probably restarted third or even second at that point. And the 54 ended up going by both of us. So, you know, I think that those were, the allegiances were there, that just the opportunities weren't at the final restart of the race. And I think that, you know, as, as drivers and as teams, you know, our, our shop, one of the things that we're very adamant on is, is, you know, we got to push each other and help each other. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to trying to win a race, you got to go out there and, and, and if you feel like you have a shot at winning the race, you know, you got to do everything you can to try to win it. And uh, that's only what's fair to, you know, our teams, our sponsors, everybody that's a part of it. And so, you know, I felt like at, at the end of the race there, we still had a shot at trying to win. And uh, not that I didn't want to see the nine win, you know, I was hoping that he would win, but at that point, um, you know, my best option was to push to 54, just to even, not even just to try to get the win, but to even, you know, limit the damage of, of how far back we fell on that last restart. And unfortunately, you know, obviously it was the difference maker for him. He was able to get by, to get by Noah. So I hate that. Um, it's just the circumstances we're kind of put in nowadays with the choose lane. And, you know, I think in Daniel's mind, his, his first instinct was if he chose the bottom behind Ty, even if that was the better lane, he knew that, that Noah and I would be pushing and, and potentially have the, the momentum to be able to pass both of them. So, um, you know, I think it's just the circumstances we were put in. Thank you. Next we'll go to Zach Sterniello. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Justin. Um, so what's the dynamics been like with the, with your teammates so far? You've got three full-time teammates this year. Um, and three of the four cars are within the top five in points right now. So things seem to be going well, but obviously there have been some, some disagreements the last couple of weeks as well. So what, what has the dynamic been like um, within JRM? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I think you said three of the four are in the top five. And, and honestly, as good as we've run week in and week out, um, there's no reason all four of us shouldn't be in the top five. Just bad luck, bad timing. Um, you know, last week I think Sam got caught up in something that wasn't even – remotely his doing but you know at one point at, at california we were all four in the top five at one point in vegas i think we might have even been all four in the top five i honestly i've been the 
the weak link um, early on in these races. We've not qualified well and had to try to make our way through. And the other three have been up front, you know, battling the whole time. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it's a hard dynamic, right? When you have four cars that, that are equally as fast. I mean, you look at really any of the teams in, in our sport, whether that's cup truck or Xfinity, very rarely do you have all four cars or all the cars in one organization that are equally capable of running up front and battling for wins. And I think, you know, managing that's, it's been a challenge because um, obviously we all want to win for our, for our teams and for our, you know, uh, for our sponsors and for everybody. Uh, but managing that, I think is a, is a really tough situation, um, especially, you know, knowing that we could easily have four cars in that top four when it comes down to, to getting later into the year, when we go back to Phoenix. So, you know, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. But I think at the other the other aspect of it, you know, we're we're, we're building great great race cars at Junior Motorsports. Obviously, the Hendrick Engine Department is is firing on all eight cylinders, uh, literally and figuratively. And you know, we're putting ourselves in in good position. So, you know, how we manage that's going to be going to be really important. You mentioned you're, you kind of see yourself as the weak link so far, but you're heading into one of your best racetracks at Phoenix. Um, you know, all the loop data suggests that um, this this should be a good weekend for you just based on your past. Um, how do you prepare for this weekend, and what kind of emphasis are you putting on this weekend as far as what the rest of the season could be? Honestly, I, I don't think we prepare any differently. Um, you know, I, I'm, obviously it's been working pretty good. I, I need to qualify better. We've had some challenges with that uh, quick turnaround and what adjustments to make. We've just – I don't know why we've, we've, we've just, you know, been off a little bit and, and it, you know, California, I think we would have been really good setup wise. I just chose to go to the bottom thinking that it was going to be the right choice and just didn't, uh, didn't get a good lap. So all that being said, you know, Phoenix is kind of the, the, I don't know. It's kind of the one place that everybody feels at home, whether that's, you know, Jason Bird at my crew chief or any of our guys on our team, myself, uh, spotter, Eddie DeHaan, we've all got a great, comfortability whenever it comes to going to Phoenix. And, you know, I think we had the opportunity to go there and, and to, to run good. You know, it's, it's obviously changed a lot since they originally put down the PJ one. Now we have uh, the, the VP resin, you know, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what it races like. Uh, but, you know, I think as a team, as an organization, you know, that's been a great racetrack for us and especially our 17. So we're going to go there. We're going to give it the same effort. We've been giving it all year. I know we'll have a fast race car and just managing the day, you know, making sure that we, don't do anything crazy. Don't, don't put ourselves in any bad positions. I think we've got a great shot at going there and at least battling for a win. And there's a good chance we're going to battle uh, three other teammates for a win. Thank you. Yep. Next we'll go to Marty Sickle. Go ahead, Marty. Thanks, Sam. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, Justin, thanks for the time, man. So just following up on Zach's question, you said this place feels like home to you. What is it that you like about Phoenix? I wish I could tell you. Um, I, I wish that there was the one thing I could put my finger on that I said, oh, this is exactly what uh, what I look for in a racetrack. But I, I think, you know, with the two ends being not symmetrical, right, you you really happen to focus on, okay, what's going to be the best over the, whole, uh, the course of a whole lap, right? Um, I don't feel like if you're really good in one and two, you're going to be really good in three, four, and vice versa. You, you're always uh, finding that fine line of, of you know, what's, What's the optimum balance for, for both ends? You know, that's obviously changed a little bit because of the, the PJ one and, and then now the, the resin, but, you know, I still feel like a lot of the same characteristics, a lot of the same challenges arise, you know, you're going to be hard on brakes, no question. Uh, you know, making sure that your car really drives good on corner entry. I think that's a big deal. And, and I would say I'm a little bit more comfortable with the car, maybe not being 
completely 100% underneath of me on corner entry, whereas some guys really want that that feel of the car really being stuck on corner entry. You know, I'm kind of the opposite. I I feel like um, if the car kind of floats on corner entry, I'm okay with that. So that's one of the things you kind of fight at, at, at Phoenix uh, regularly. Other than that, I mean, I think it's just a it's just a, a slick, you know, worn out racetrack that that provides good racing, and and you know, for me, that's just uh, something that I have a lot of fun with, and and been lucky enough to uh, to have some success there and, and to run up front. So, you know, hopefully, we can go do that again. I know it's really early in the season, of course, three races in, and you're taking it one race at a time. But do you think in this race it could determine where should the winner make the championship, or they could be a huge threat to win it all? We saw it with Cindric last year. And we know what happened in the end and finished second. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. I, I think, um, you know, the spring race is usually a lot different than the fall race, right? We've had a whole season to kind of work on our programs, make our make our programs better, make our cars better. I do think that you can gain some really good notes from, from this weekend and, and put yourself in good position if you're in position at the end of the year for, for a Final Four championship. You know, last year was interesting for us because I felt like we were really good in the spring. Um, missed it just a little bit, but but really good in the spring. And, you know, obviously did a good job all the way through the year and then got to the playoffs and kind of missed out on going to that Final Four at, at, at Phoenix last year. But then ran really well at Phoenix. Um, you know, we were up front. I got a uh, restart violation that uh, was, was pretty disappointing after taking the lead. But, uh, you know, I think that, had we been in the final four, I don't know that it would have been a violation to be honest with you, but, but we were in, we weren't in the final four and we were, we were meddling where we didn't belong. So I think, uh, I think we'll learn from that and go to, uh, go to this, this year and hopefully carry some of that same momentum and put ourselves in that final four and, uh, you know, learn from the notes that we have for the spring race. Thanks for the time, Justin. Good luck to you this weekend. Thank you. Next question will come from Justin Long. Go ahead, Justin. Thank you. Hey, Justin, um, I know you did the, you've driven the wheel force car um, yep. a number of times, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'm curious to kind of get your perspective of what you've seen out of this car and the challenges that uh, the drivers are facing so far this early in the season. Well, first and foremost, you know, from when I first drove the, the Gen 7 or next gen, whatever you want to call it, um, wheel force car to where I've driven it most recently last week in Atlanta, it's leaps and bounds different from what it was that first time, right? It, it just seems like the program has, has really evolved. And, and obviously if you, you know, watching these races so far in, in 2022, you know, it's, it's been great racing and, and to, to debut a new car like that. I mean, obviously there's challenges, right? Whether that's parts challenges, which, you know, uh, are not just uh, kind of stuck to our industry. That's, that's uh nation and worldwide, you know, the challenges of learning a new car, you know, with the independent rear suspension, I would say that that's, that's something that's really uh, changed the, the, the process of how you not only set the car, but how you drive it. You know, we saw some crashes at California and I think some of those were a result of just not knowing what the limits are with this new car. Um, you know, this car is really easy to bottom out on the rub blocks, which, you know, the, the hard part of all of this is this car is, is trying to take a step back from, you know, where we had gotten to. It's hard to put, you know, it's hard to put technology back into a box and, and really, you know, unlearn the things that we all know. So we all know that lower and, and, 
more horsepower and all the details that the aerodynamics, all that, we all know that that's all better. So with this car, it's taken a step back and, and we've had to kind of reevaluate, okay, what makes the most sense from a setup standpoint? What's the makes the most sense from a, from an aero standpoint within the confines of what this configuration is. And I think that it's caught some people off guard, but I also think that it's been interesting for me because I think guys and, and gals have done a better job of, getting their cars closer than I really thought we would this early in the season. So I'm excited for, you know, June, July, August, when I feel like we, we all have a better handle on what's going on on how to make these cars go the fastest they can and, you know, see what the racing's like. Cause right now it's, it's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the, one of the keys with the wheel force car that's interesting is it's not about going fast. It's about collecting data, you know, not only for the teams and for, for Chevrolet, but for uh, Goodyear as well. And NASCAR, you know, understanding what, the challenges are going to be with the, the new 18-inch tire, with the bigger brakes, you know, with the loads that we're seeing, you know, in the middle of the corner, how, how much pressure there is on, on the tires, things like that. So, you know, I think for me, it's been a great opportunity. Um, you know, obviously, super proud that, um, you know, Chevrolet's trusted me with that car to, to go drive it. It's not a cheap car by any means with all the sensors that it has on it. But, um, you know, we've learned a lot and we've really... Um, been interesting to see kind of the, the development over time of this of this next gen car and seeing what it's turned into. And you mentioned Atlanta. Obviously, I think everybody's interested to see what that's that's going to be like. Um, uh, you know, what's what's kind of the impressions? We've heard a little bit from people who, who did the the tire test in January, but what what did you see? What did you experience uh, last? Yeah, so I actually got to do the tire test in January. Um, with the Xfinity series car. And then obviously turned right around and did it again with the, uh, the wheel force car. What I can tell you is the packages between the Xfinity series and the cup series are completely different. Um, I was really surprised the difference in speed and, and kind of how the cars drove. You know, I would say the cup car is obviously a lot faster and uh, more on the limit um, of, of grip versus what the Xfinity series car was at the test. So that will be interesting to see kind of how that all plays out. But, you know, I felt like, you know, my only concern with any of this is, you know, the fastest lane is right around the bottom and between tire testing, having three cars, um, and then wheel force testing, having only three cars, you know, we've kind of all been stuck to the bottom and, and really haven't traveled off that bottom lane. And so I'll be interested to see, you know, the, the goal is to be more of a super speedway-esque style racing. So I'm interested to see kind of as we get there. Um, you know, who's the first ones to kind of jump up, especially with our limited amounts of practice, who's the ones that kind of jump up to the middle or the top and, and, you know, how well are we going to be able to race two and three wide? You know, we know that the, the racetrack is there to do it. We know that the configuration of the cars is there to do it, but, um, you know, we've kind of all been stuck right around that bottom lane. So, you know, how do we rubber that racetrack in and, and how do we get to where we can, you know, draft and race, you know, side by side, I think it's going to be the key. So, you know, that's going to be a lot on the teams, a lot on the drivers, but, but a lot on the track too, you know, they've, they've been diligently working, you know, we saw at the, the wheel force test, they had already come in and made some changes to the, to the racetrack from when we ran there in the, uh, the tire test, just to make things more smooth and, and a little bit better. So, you know, they're, they're definitely working on it to try to make sure that it's the best experience possible, not only for the, the drivers and the race teams, but for the fans alike. And, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And one last thing on Atlanta in that sense is um, you mentioned running at the bottom. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, you guys are kind of running different lanes than maybe what, traditionally had run at Atlanta and I'm curious about I think what did they kind of have to change a little bit with the walls or stuff because the potential angles obviously if you're going at speeds and you're at the bottom 
something happens, boy, it's a lot of room to travel to, to, to hit a wall and, and cause some problems. What were some of the things, the learnings in that sense? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was the front straightaway. You know, they, they made an adjustment to the front straightaway wall uh, from the from the tire test to the wheel force test that was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, they were really concerned about it when we got back there, wanting to know what we thought about it. And and immediately, um, you know, I thought they did a really, really good job. I mean, that wasn't easy to move the wall the way they did it, and they, they were able to do that. So, um, you know, I think that was a great, great, uh, great choice for them. You know, I think it's going to be interesting – you know, I know there's been talk about a double yellow line rule versus not. Um, with the Cup Series car, I didn't feel like that that was going to be in play. You know, I felt like the cars were fast enough and, and kind of on the edge of grip enough that, um, you know, using other lanes was, I mean, we're, we're more of a traditional line with the uh, with the Gen 7 car than what we were with the, the uh, Xfinity Series car. You know, with the Xfinity Series car was a lot like Daytona Talladega right around the bottom. Um, even down the back straightaway and down the front straightaway, you know, as, as small of, of a radius as you could get. The Cup Series car didn't seem to be quite that way. It, it seemed to want to run like that normal line. So, you know, I think the change on the front straightaway is really good. I think the, the car having the speed that it's got is going to make it, um, it's going to make it more of a, tra- more traditional than what I think that they were maybe anticipating originally. Um, but, you know, I'll be interested to see kind of what we get to when, when you get, you know, the difference between, you know, 30-some, 40-some cars versus, you know, three cars is is pretty massive, especially with the configuration that we're currently in. So, you know, I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Um, but, you know, I think I think when you look at the course of the weekend between the trucks, Xfinity, and the, the Cup Series, um, I think you're going to three, see three different types of racing over the course of the weekend. So I'll be very, very excited to, uh, to kind of watch the other two and see where that puts us. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it, Justin. Yep. Go back to Bob Parker. Yeah, I wanted to follow up on on those. Uh, do you so do you think it'll race like Daytona and Talladega, or is it going to race like California, or is it you just don't know? I, I assume simulator should tell you something. Um, honestly, the simulator doesn't really even say either. Um, I think that this one's going to be very. It's going to be very circumstantial um you know who's got what set up i think some of it's going to come down to do teams really try to go full daytona talladega and and trim their cars way out and do all the things we do at daytona talladega you know i think there's a lot of thought that that's going to be the right way to do it and and truth be told i think when you when we get there i think having the most downforce the most grip you you can have is going to be super important the tire doesn't seem to fall off a lot so the speed stay up kind of the whole time and, and you've got some grip to be able to, to maneuver around if you wanted to go to the middle or the top. So, you know, I, I don't foresee there being any issues. It's just whether or not the drivers and the teams are comfortable with, with being two and three wide. You know, I think on the Xfinity series side, no question. I think it's going to be a lot like a super studio race. You're going to be in a pack. Um, you know, you're going to be drafting. If you're not, you're, you're going to be, you know, considerably slower. And so I'm interested to see on the cup series side, you know, is their car a little more stable than what I drove, you know, setup wise, what are they going to do? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables that, uh, that could play into it. So, you know, I think our race will be very super speed race style. There's, I, I don't know. It, it could go a lot of different directions to be honest with you. And uh, I'm not sure that even if it doesn't go more of like a California style that it, it I think it's going to be a great race regardless. It's just seeing what that looks like 
you know, kind of right off the bat, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge. And we talk, I mean, I haven't heard about double yellow line, yay or nay, but what about choose? Have you heard that at all? And would you like to have choose or not there? Um, I have not heard about choose. I think it's going to be important, you know, when the, when the race rolls around. So, you know, I, I, uh, I would have to imagine that they're going to stick with the super speedway style of where there is no choose, but on the other front, you know, Atlanta's a mile and a half and, and, you know, I know everything's circumstantial and, and you can make adjustments to the rules as you go, but, but I feel like, um, you know, based on, on the configuration of it, I think it should be probably choose. Uh, but you know, it's, it's up to them. And, and I think that, you know, they're in the same boat we are, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, you know, when this, when this track reconfiguration started, I think we all thought it was going to be one direction in one way. And, and as we've gotten on track and we've seen what it's like, it's, it's, opened up kind of a, a whole bunch of different avenues. You know, it's, it's, it's not exactly what we thought, but it's not what we normally have. It's very, very unique and very different. And I think that there's just a lot of, a lot of folks going, okay, what, what can we do to make sure that it's a, a good race? You know, if you don't put a double yellow line, I think that there's going to be a lot of folks on the, on the apron on the front straightaway. But in all reality, is that a bad thing? I mean, we, we look at California guys were down on the flat. We look at, um, this last swing into Vegas, you know, guys were all the way against the grass on the inside, um, on the apron. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know that it's a bad thing if, if you uh, don't put a yellow line in. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see how, how the racers handle it, how the teams handle it, how NASCAR handles it. I think there's, like I said, there's just a lot of questions, a lot of unknowns that I think all of us are kind of wanting to, uh, to answer when we get there. All right. Thank you. Hopefully we get the answers before you get there. I don't see that happening, Bob, unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Justin, that looks to be all the questions we have for you this morning. Thank you for spending some time with us, and good luck this weekend at Phoenix. Yep. Thank you, guys. all appreciate it. And to the media, just a reminder, we will have audio and video available of today's um, media availabilities here shortly on NASCARmedia.com. Uh, be sure to join us at 2 p.m. for Tyler Reddick. We'll see you later. Thanks. Justin, got it out again. A lot about the Atlanta race coming up. Hey, we got that yellow line. We know what that call is, don't we? Yellow line, double yellow line. Yeah. Gives Bob something to talk about. Oh, Lord, we, we lost one tonight. Six, no, eight to three. Eight to three, Kyle. But we're a five-A school playing a seven-A school. So you got to play good teams to, to beat the teams, the better teams. You win so some, you lose some, Rowdy. That's right. Hey, that's life in general, Kyle. That's how you regroup. And that's what we're doing. We're just regrouping. Regrouping. What you got to close us out tonight, Kyle? Rowdy, uh, just uh, glad uh, you can get to the racetrack this weekend. Unfortunately, not going to happen for me um, as it's looking. But I um, haven't heard anything about Williams Grove yet. So uh, keep it keep it to the Rowdy Maglite Racing Media Facebook page. And we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on what's going on. You know, no Port Royal on Saturday, but that's okay. You know, we still got other racing going on. So 
Glad to have the ARCA Series back in Phoenix this weekend. 40 cars is very impressive, and hope you have a good time down at uh, at the Rattler. Hey, I'll keep you informed, Kyle. We do have service there, so be ready. Hi right, there, buddy. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks, Augie Grill, for calling in, and also Ryan down in uh, down in South Alabama. Go and like and subscribe to that, and follow me on TikTok, YouTube. Kyle, got to get a up. I already do, Rowdy. Right. All right, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Good Monday night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.